Fire Emblem Three Houses hasn't just become my favorite strategy RPG I've ever played, it is in my top Nintendo Switch experiences I've played. Which, with the amazing Switch library, that is a huge compliment. It has a few faults, which I'll address of course, but with only one of the three campaigns complete and credits rolled, this game is something special. And its strongest asset, it keeps getting better the longer you play it. I feel a lot of games fumble the end game and build up to something that doesn't truly work. This game's pacing gets better and better the more you play it. That right there makes it worth your time. This is my review of Fire Emblem Three Houses after 42 hours. Hey there, and welcome to Quest Along. If you're new here, I find most strategy RPGs boring, which is be odd because I love turn-based RPGs. There's something about the minutia of getting all your units in proper places and battles taking so long, it always feels kind of like a boss battle from the turn-based battle systems that I love. And I think it took at this point of the playthrough to realize, yes, it's a freaking boss fight every single time. It feels like everything counts, and I feel like I need to maximize each character to get the most out of each fight. When this finally clicked, I realized, hey, I think strategy RPGs can be fun. It just takes a game like Three Houses to pave the way for me. That also having interesting characters, excellent battle animations, and focusing on character choices that actually truly affect how the story's gonna go, more so even than the big political movements of the world that these characters are in, which this game has, but it's better when the granular have such a great effect on the whole. But the whole purpose of this quest along is for you to enjoy this experience along with me, but also knowing whether it's going to be worth your time. Obviously in that beginning intro, I think it is, but here are my nitpicks. How the exploration got a little long-winded before in part two, or maybe even a little bit more monotonous, a funny thing happened later in this playthrough that I'm talking about now. After a long dive into battles to fill up my free time doing the side missions, I was craving just doing some exploring and leisure talking to my characters in the monastery. And that's where it really dawned on me. This game gives you a wonderful balance of how you want to spend your time. And it always helps out your characters one way or the other so you never feel like you're missing out on something. If I want to gain levels, I'm going to go into the battle. If I want to train up and tutor my character so then they can get to a better class that helps out in battle, then I can do that. Toward the end, I went on a tutoring spree to get my characters to master classes. It's nice that I can pivot and tailor the game to my current mood. So that is a nitpick, but it's also kind of wiped away. Now, because I was more lackluster in the exploration, I dove hard into battles this last part of the game, choosing that more than the side quest and exploring. After the big event, which we'll get into in spoiler territory, the missions are on another level compared to the other parts I've covered. Minus the mock battle earlier in the game, I love that mission, still one of my favorites. But after said event, the stakes are higher, the variety is better, and the pacing is accelerated a bit from previous parts to keep the story moving along with not sacrificing the battles. Feeling forced just for plot's sake. They do a good balance of this. But when I was doing 
battling just to pass the time on the side missions, it did start getting a little monotonous. But again, I just swapped that with exploring towards the end. And what do you know? Again, it's gone. This battle system does feel like boss battles over and over. The planning, the execution, how I want to work my characters. And I didn't think they'd be possible to make me care about all these characters that I want to use them in battle. So they can get to their next class and level up. So for the most part, somebody not into strategy RPGs, it kept me engaged almost throughout the entire playthrough of this game. That right there is an accomplishment. Obviously this is helped by story and character moments and just the overall game, but we got the battles. I finished the strategy RPG. Woohoo. Good times. Overall, the story bits, without spoilers, getting invested in characters makes us even a better race to the end. The best part is that you can tell that there are other story threads going on that you only get bits and pieces of that makes you intrigued to play the other houses. So, well done, Intelligent Systems. You got, you're got. you going to make me play some more. I will say, I am wholly satisfied with this ending and how they went about with the final couple scenes. Mm, sure, so good. Am I planning on doing the other route? Yes, absolutely. Do I need to? No, which is a very interesting spot for me to be in, but that's why I feel like this is such a high experience for me. I feel like that I'm satisfied with what I was given, and I'm more curious to see what else the other characters were up to and how some political character motivations are playing behind the scenes, but I don't need it. This game was so good just by one little route of course, I'm going to be super excited to play more, but I'm satisfied with where I'm at, and that is a sign of a good game because I don't need the extra story bits, but I want them. So in a broad sense, there is my review of Fire Emblem Three Houses. It is definitely worth your time, especially knowing you can manage how much battling you want to do and how much exploring you want to do. Now, I don't know if you'd be successful just skipping the exploring the entire time, Probably not, but you know what? You don't have to do as much as you think you do. This game has a wonderful set of characters that grow. Some great anime cutscenes. I want even more than they gave me, and I, hopefully there's more to come in the other playthroughs. A solid-looking Nintendo Switch game. Excellent combat. What more do you need in a strategy RPG? I don't know. Maybe there's plenty more out there. Give me a suggestion for another strategy RPG game to play, knowing that I like this one. And what I liked about this one is the combination of everything. I did not think I would love this game as much as I do, but man, is it fantastic. So that is my review. You should definitely go play it. But this is also part three of the quest along. So we're going to get into spoilers of the end of the game after the big incident. So go away. If you've not played this, please. It's been five years. <laughs> Did not see that coming. So we get a giant time jump and it's so freaking good. What I like about it is seeing all the characters, how they've changed stylistically. Everybody just looks awesome. Didn't expect to have this big overall change like that. But we got new hairdos. We got new clothing. I'm all for it, baby. And just to be clear, this is the Edelgard route. I chose to stick with her. So if you have not done that, also skip this section. 
But I do love how relieved Edelgard is to see you after all this time. It's been five years. She tried looking for you. And you just wash up and you're like, hey, what's up? I'm here. Let's go start again. And now we get to jump into this new era. So the church has now split off and they have aligned with King Dimitri, who's now a king, our blonde hair house leader of House Blue. And we have to see the fallout of what that caused between House Yellow and our infighting in with like our uncle, which I thought was very interesting take on all this, how... Edelgard is doing a lot, but she's doing a lot of bad stuff, too. And you're siding with her for the good, for the future good, which, you know, she wants to get rid of all the crests and stuff and level the playing field of nobility. There's still going to be a hierarchy, but I think she has the right mindset because that archbishop lady, oh, man, she seems so bad. It'll be interesting to see her side of things when I, you know, do House Blue next. I think that's the next one I'm going to do. But the gravitas of the situation where knowing every single fight now going forward, it's basically the end game. When you face off against other students, which again, you get to see how they look. That's cool. See how they've evolved. But they slow down every single time you do that final blow on them. And they give this quick death monologue. And man, I felt bad every single time I killed another character. Even if I'd hidden barely interacted with them throughout the game, they just make you feel so bad. And oh man, it's uh it's rough. But also sign of a good storytelling and build up. So all that, you know, the slow pacing in the beginning parts, that that meant something it when we get to this point, because if we just were thrown into a situation where like this, where people are just dying, you wouldn't care about it, but you've seen these people around the monastery. So now you do. And like I said, at the top, these missions are so good. The stakes seem so much higher. And I like that the narrator voice who used to, you know, talk about the change of seasons and all this stuff. Now it's dictating what is happening on the battle. And I love that change because it really sets the tone and mood of what's going on now. And speaking of battles, I had two <laughs> entries that lasted an hour and almost two hours. And that was the Silver Maiden mission and the final mission. The final mission took me nearly two hours, 29 turns, which is insane. And that was the only time I actually died in this game as well. I did a really dumb strategy where I noticed that on the sides, all the commanders were. And I was like, well, I don't want to kill them because I, I'm still in that boat of I don't want to kill any of the people that I interacted with even if they're turning on me so I decided to charge right down the middle and fight the immaculate one Archbishop Rhea but the second you start actually fighting her all the commanders decide to swarm in so <laughs> I got surrounded by everybody and I I lost and it was it's my first time losing and that was that was a little rough but it's good that this game provides a challenge towards the end. I mean, I thought a lot of these battles were actually pretty hard, especially trying to keep my characters alive. Yeah, I'm not playing on permadeath mode like I've talked about before, but I want my characters to survive because then they get the most amount of experience. And poor Dorothea. She was always the one to die on all my missions. If anybody was going to die, it was always her. I have no idea why. Even when I would think about it, like, all right, I'm going to keep her alive, so I'm going to pair people around her. I swear enemies would, were just attracted to her and wanted to take her down. I have no idea. Uh, poor Dorothea. It's pretty cool, though, when you get towards fighting House Yellow. 
that we get to see Claude and know that he's a schemer and that's a really cool mission where there's the boats coming in and he aligned with some other country. But I actually defeated one of my character or one of his characters from his house and she got to join me and that was Listia. Listia? I don't know how to pronounce her name actually. So I didn't really see that coming. I don't know if there's a RNG version of how those characters get put into your party because I wasn't able to rescue anybody else. So I had to kill a bunch of people that I really wanted to recruit. But I do like that you get the choice, or at least I did, because I was talking to one of my buddies and he did not get the choice to save Claude, but I did, and I did choose to save him. And I thought that was a, a cool moment. You can spare somebody. I thought Edelgard would be like, nope, you have to kill everybody. But I got a choice to influence the story yet again. And I just can't kill that pretty boy. He's he's just too nice looking. And, you know, he was the one that led me onto the dance floor in one of those animation scenes. And I won't forget that, Claude. I hope your story's pretty cool. It seems interesting. You're a little bit more offset from the general of House Red and Blue. So it'll be interesting once I get to that point. Some of my favorite moments after the time skip in this part is definitely seeing King Dimitri and seeing how he has changed so much. Especially in that last battle where his right-hand man turns into an, a dark beast and it seems like he's so conflicted on what's going on. So I really want to know that and I, that's what I alluded to in the beginning. I'm curious. I'm satisfied with what I got because it was such a cool moment. But man, I really wanted to spare him. But Edelgard took him down. That was, that was, that was a moment. It was a good one. Also, I really liked that scene, the destruction of the monastery, and all the little details. You can zoom in and see the pillars are cracked, the giant rubble where there's an open gap in the ceiling now. It's so cool that, that the monastery still stands, but they didn't clean up the destruction. Before you get to the final mission scene, Archbishop Rhea and Catherine talking about the loss of you know the monastery knights and how... Rhea is just like, you're going to take everything from me. You must take everything from me. Something like that. And seeing just the hatred that she's got brewing in her heart for me. And man, when we get to that final mission and she decides to burn the town down and Catherine is just like, you can't do that. And like she actually fights back a little bit. Obviously she caves and still sides with Archbishop Rhea. But I like that that shows Catherine doesn't agree with this. But it needs to be done to hopefully defeat me and defeat Edelgard. And this last fight, it, it's tough and I loved it. I had to use a lot of different strategies, but my main one was sending out Edelgard on my Wyvern and I would just move her close to a couple enemies and then wait and her evasion would go up and I'd just let the enemies attack me and hopefully she would dodge, which she mainly did, and she would just take them out in one or two hits. But fighting the Immaculate One, Dragon Form, Ooh, that took a long time to take her down. And that's why it probably took me 29 turns, because I killed everybody except for one big giant tower-looking enemy over on the left side, but everybody else I took out. Because I did not want to get surrounded by anybody, and still it took me forever. Man, the fire in that mission, trying to strategize, not getting burned every turn. I was healing, and oh man, I had people with rings that would always heal themselves, and it was a great final mission. But like I said, all the missions after this time skip are fantastic. I think I only got one anime cutscene in this portion, which is kind of strange. It's the very last scene after you defeat the Immaculate One. It's not the very last scene, but you know what I mean. And 
they they pull a little fast one quick. You're like, oh, is Byleth actually going to die? Because he's never alive. But, you know, he comes back, and I love that. So that's a good, nice, happy ending. But the thing I love the most about this ending is the snapshot of all the battles you've gone through. And then you get a snippet of what every character did after this whole war got resolved. And that's exactly what I needed to have for this because I, I grew attached to these characters and I wanted to see what their future was like. And this is such a perfect wrap up to each and every character. I thought it was very well done. And the coolest part is, you know, you get to choose who you want to marry or propose to who you love. And my options were Linhart, which is great. I love that, you know, you didn't choose male or female, you just choose body form. So I can propose to Linhart, that's awesome. I also had Bernadetta, Dorothea, Petra, and Shamir. And I went with my mercenary archer girl, Shamir, because she was a little bit older than the rest. And, you know, after the timescape, everybody's older, but you know what I mean. And I really just liked her vibe, you know? I thought, yeah, we can make a life together. That'd be great. And this is what it says about me. Shortly after Eden, who is my byleth, and Shamir had finished their modest and stately wedding ceremony, the struggle against those who would slither in the dark began in earnest. The pair fought in many battles together, and Shamir lent her talent and experience as a sniper for the Knights of Saros to the cause of lasting peace for Fodlin. As a couple, their daily lives were busy indeed, and both were famously taciturn, but it is said that they cherished their quiet time together, especially once they began to have children. And don't worry, I had to look up what taciturn means. It means reserved or uncommunicative, uncommunicative in speech, saying little. Which makes sense. Byleth doesn't speak much. Shamir doesn't open up too much. I know when I did propose to her, she was like, oh, you want me to actually say stuff? And that was a cute little scene. But this fits with their characters. They're going to do the battle, help protect what Edelgard put forth, and then, you know, they're going to retire with these children. I, I, I imagine I'm out in the woods, little cabin life, go to visit Edelgard, and, you know, Caspar and Dorothea come to over and hang out with us. Because that's another cool thing. I noticed in one of the scenes, Dorothea and Casper were kind of getting along. Like, if we don't find each other's soulmates, well, we should just become a couple. Casper's like, all right, why not? Because, you know, he goes along with most, most things. And I was kind of picking Dorothea or Shamir. And, I, you know, I definitely picked Shamir first. But I was like, Dorothea definitely has Caspar. And I love Caspar. So there we go. And I do love in that segment of Caspar and Dorothea, it says they are rumored to have spent the rest of their lives together. So I like that this is a snapshot overall of what they think all these characters did after the war. And it's such a perfect send-off. You got these cool, you know, portraits of them. It also tells you how many battles and how many victories they went into. Edelgard, of course, being my highest. 244 battles, 155 victories. Ooh, go get it. And of course, I got the Death Knight much later after the time skip, and he did 70 battles and 40 victories, so he was paving the way for me. He did good. I also love that he just keeps asking you, can I kill you now? Can I fight you? That's his whole purpose. And there's actually a pretty cool scene with him being uncomfortable with the two people that he is. Like, there's always a Death Knight inside him. And I thought it was pretty well done, and his voice acting is so funny. I mean, I just love his droll voice. In my playthrough, Hubert and Petra got together. They had many children. It seemed like they were, they married for political reasons, but it seems like they had a loving relationship. You know, so everybody seemed to turn out 
to be a-okay. And that's what I want to see after all this war and death and craziness. And I think why these snapshots are so impactful is because, well, this is who I spent 40 hours with. That's exciting. I want to know more and what happened after the credits rolled. And I think having these, you know, just a couple sentences, a paragraph about their lives, that's perfect. I'm good. I'm satisfied. Just like I said at the top, one route playthrough, one of the best Nintendo Switch experiences I've had. But enough of spoilers, let's get to the quick bits and wrap this up. In this playthrough, I did 16 battles and completed six quests. I died one time in the entire game. That feels pretty good. But yeah, Dorothea died way more herself. Heading into the final mission, my highest level was Edelgard at level 45. My lowest levels were Hubert, Bernadetta, and Linhart. They were all at level 34. And everybody's ranging in between there. Byleth Eden was at level 41. I think he was the next closest. And then Casper is 40. All my characters basically made it to master class. Byleth ended up becoming a mortal savant with all the cool swords, kind of looking like a samurai. Edelgard, I took her out of her class that might be spoilers, so I'm not going to say it here, into the Wyvern Lord. Freaking awesome. Hubert stayed at Dark Bishop. I really wanted to get him to the uh, Dark Knight, but I just didn't have enough time to get him there. Ferdinand became a great knight, heavy knight, big golden armor, super cool. Linhart became a holy knight. Caspar, the war master, just pummeling people left and right. Bernadetta was a falcon knight. Dorothea became a Grimori. Grimori? I don't actually know how to say that. Petra was a bow knight. And Shamir was also a bow knight. And then there's two other people who I can't totally talk about in this section, because this is a spoiler-free section. But they did not make it to master class, and I kept one of the strange talking person as their original class. Out of all the battles I did, it took me 300 turns, <laughs> which is pretty crazy that it's exactly 300. And Edelgard was MVP out of the, all those battles 13 times. She just destroyed it. The next closest person was three, which was Petra and Bernadetta, as well as Shamir. I don't believe that this includes the side missions because I'm pretty sure I've seen Caspar as my MVP more than just one time, so I'm sure this is just the regular battles, but 300, pretty wild. So that's all I got for you on this quest along of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this gets just as much love as the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 quest along did. If you haven't seen that, well, you should search for that and have a good old time. In the future, you might see a house blue review, a house yellow review. I'm not going to do it right now. I got to, you know, I'm slowly going to pick at it. It's kind of my game plan. I have some other games I want to get through for season four <laughs> of Bits of Time. Got a lot of goodies coming up. It's, uh, and there's <laughs> 2023 is stacked with games to play. But I am definitely looking forward to f filling in some pieces on the story in this one. But I am wholly satisfied with Fire Emblem Three Houses. It is up there. It's one of the best Nintendo Switch games. Man, does that feel excellent to say. Until next time, I hope you find a game that you love just as much as I love, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Three Houses.